0: Out the myths, misinformation, and BS in the wellness industry. This is the Big Mouth Pharmacist Podcast. Here's your host, holistic pharmacist, supplement expert, Big Mouth, Dr. Neil Smoller. Broadcasting from the most famous small town in the world, Woodstock, New York. This is the podcast going behind the scenes in the natural products industry, giving you a no BS approach to true holistic care and wellness. I am COVID crazy. I have uh I have literally no idea what day it is. I know the month, though. It's uh, march November. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you also don't even remember your name. It's yeah. Dr. Neil Smoller. Is it? Welcome.
0: Oh, hi. Here I am. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's just like this time warp crap that's going on. I, I mean, we keep trying to recalculate when all of this crap started and when we locked down and then when we went curbside. And we're like, that was three days ago you know it's like I know. like we, it feels like we're in las vegas have you ever been to las vegas i talked about it a little bit it's like a a time warp it's yeah insane. yeah anyway i'm here with dana hi i'm dr neil of course uh she's masked up uh you know sitting on the opposite ends of the room and i'm gonna chuck her microphone because uh not because of covid but because she's got nasty breath she doesn't brush her teeth anymore i right.
1: saved it up just for you <laughs>
0: All right, so visit woodstockvitamins.com slash COVID 19 to see all of our blogs, podcasts, and whatever's on the subject. My YouTube page, go to that definitely. YouTube.com slash seats slash D R N E A L S M O L L -L E R, Dr. Neil Smoller, but not Dr. Spelled out, Dr. Uh, It's got a recent COVID webinar. We played on the podcast. Uh, last week. And we're going to be adding more to it. That's why I say I want you to check it out because coping with COVID is really the best that I can do to help out at this point, because I just am so freaking fatigued talking about supplements and how they're not going to help out with COVID. (laughs) Every two seconds, we're talking about another stupid supplement. And so I just got an email, listen to this crap, elk antlers, elk antlers will help out With COVID, that was literally, and it wasn't a joke. I thought it was one of my friends playing a uh, trick on me, trying to mess with me a little bit, but I I don't even know. Like what, like who figured that out?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, for the love of God, I I don't even, uh, I've never heard of elk antlers applied for anything, so I don't know how they could possibly help in this instance.
0: It's like, you know, with a Plaquenil, it's like people with lupus seem to do better when they got COVID. That's why they made that conclusion about it initially. And it's like people who, suck on elk antlers (laughs) twice weekly do bet. It's like, where does that come from? So anyway, um, but anyway, (laughs) I'm going to keep going because I want to talk about boosting the immune system. My Facebook post yesterday was about this because a lot of the conversation is about boosting the immune system. In fact, anybody, even the responsible people are talking about how you need to boost your immune system. If you go to every, you know, doctor, internet faces, website, they will have their immune support as their first thing. That's what everybody's talking about is boosting the immune system. So I wanted to kind of talk through that, and I wanted to start from the perspective of COVID-19 because there's something that needs to be said to all of this that I think everybody needs to hear. Lay it on me. There are a lot of healthy young people with excellent immune systems that die every day from COVID-19. I know a lot of the physicians, um, uh, you know, the ones that you see in the news, they were older, but there's plenty of young doctors that are getting coughed on and they're getting exposed to COVID-19 and they're dying. Young, healthy people are dying from this. So there's gotta be something a little bit more than just boosting our immune systems or having a healthy immune system here. Mm. You know, my going back to my original thoughts on COVID-19, a lot of people are doing stuff because they want to feel like they want to feel like they're doing something. They want to, act like they have some sort of agency, you know, they want some sort of control, you know, the, a sense of security. Sure. And so I understand all of that. And that's kind of where the coping with COVID comes in, but we have to address this idea of what we can and can't do with our immune system. Yeah. Right? So with a lot of health and wellness stuff, you know, we can't become superhumans, right? You hear the word super a lot. Functional is one, but like super, super foods, right? right? All that crap. Right. Um, It signifies that it's better than normal stuff. But in reality, what that really means is that it's just what we're supposed to eat and everything else is garbage. (laughs)
1: Right. I know that's what it seems like. I remember when I finally saw that like blueberries, because they were so dark, they were being considered a superfood. I'm like, well, we have just gone off
0: the rails. We've gone off the rails. It's because fried foods is our food. So blueberries, nutrient dense foods are, you know, goji berries are Super, but mm. they don't have any superpowers, you know. So
1: delicious fried goji berries.
0: <laughs> Ew. <laughs> the same goes with our immune system, though. If you think about what our immune system is, it's actually pretty darn near perfect. A lot of people don't have a lot of respect for the immune system. You got to respect your immune system. Mm. The the think about it, like you can get an ingrown toenail, you can get a sore throat, and you won't die from either one of those things. You won't have to amputate your foot. Um, And, you know, your immune system is not like an Avengers movie where Captain America is fighting one guy at a time. You're getting all of these different threats from all these different angles, and your body's handling it without any problem whatsoever. So our immune systems are actually really excellent. Um, They aren't necessarily in need of boosting.
1: Well, then where did that idea come from, doctor?
0: (laughs) I believe that... It comes from the fact that people want to sell people stuff. That, mm. That's where it starts. And I think that I think that the best that we can do is just make sure our bodies work as good as they're meant to be. But we have to understand that we can't go from Clark Kent to Superman.
1: This really feels like you're going to tell me to stop smoking weed eventually.
0: <laughs> that is excellent for your immune system.
1: <laughs> <laughs> good thing I turned it all into edibles.
0: Uh, yeah, so you don't have to breathe it. Exactly. So the immune system is is pretty nuts, right? And so just like with superfoods, our immune system is pretty great. It's, it's functioning. It's normal. All of the bacteria and viruses and stuff, they're all potential threats. And we take care of them without much problem, without, without even registering it half the time. The only time that we notice it is like when we can't handle it, when the dose is too high or when the thing is, is too new, our bodies can't handle it. And then it makes us sick for a week or something like that, right? Mm. And immune system isn't one thing it's not just a simple thing that you just turn the volume up on like a stereo or like you can flip a switch and then all of a sudden it's better
1: you know it, what you can turn the radio up on that sweet sound i
0: don't understand
1: turn the radio up oh on that sweet so- okay oh. Now, oh. I oh, thought you were so do you do can the, oh. make a freaking avengers joke that yeah. only nerds will get but i can't reference pop culture if, i see how it goes. i mean if
0: you referenced billy ocean i would have been there with you <laughs> <laughs> like suddenly if you did that or okay, go just cause I watched Mr. Robot a lot, but you know, turn up the radio. All
1: right, turn- I don't okay. I'm not singing. I've been <laughs> singing
0: too much in first class That's and, true. and those poor kids. Um, so the, there's layers to the immune system. So, you know, on first pass, there's like this defensive layer layer that quickly identifies and blocks out new stuff. And then there's a part of the immune system that remembers the stuff that you've been exposed to before I mean if you think about it there are 40,000 different strains in our gut itself right mm-hmm. and our body works in concert with them and doesn't you know it can and can balance and juggle all of those different threats and it's just like a very very select handful of things that actually cause problems in us because our immune system is that smart so let's compare the immune system to the cardiovascular system you would agree that the cardiovascular system is pretty complex oh yeah i actually don't think so
1: <laughs> well, no. I mean, blood goes in, blood goes out. Right. It's, simple. <laughs> yeah, it's a
0: pump and its tubes and it's blood. Right. And of course there's a lot of complexity to it, but I think that the immune system is actually a little bit more complex just because it's like so diffuse and there's so many different cells, you know, with the blood, like you can look at my arm and see where my cardiovascular system is. You can see that there's blood vessels there. I can feel my heartbeat, but your immune system is kind of this nebulous concept. Right. Mm. Um, so it's, it's, it's really great. And The other thing that I think that happens with the natural products industry, in particular, especially around the immune system, is this concept that our bodies are a computer, Mm -hmm. and we can upgrade them. You know, we can add in new RAM, we can add in a video card, and it makes it perform better. And the supplements are those upgrades. You know, it's it's sort of like that uh, those sci-fi shows on Netflix that I've watched, right? Upgrade is one of them, Hmm. where you just or uh, Westworld has it. You can download a digital enhancement, you know, God, you kind of a such thing. such a nerd. Oh my God, it's so great. But like all of those references are not real. <laughs> They're just silly shows that I watch. And even if you could get an upgrade from a supplement, what it really is like is like if you're looking at the motherboard of your computer, which I'm sure people know what those look like, there's little, little chips that are like soldered on there and the little, little bitty, like I don't even know what they are, capacitors and stuff like that. You can kind of swap those out. So yeah, you know, that's what a vitamin is. It's like kind of replacing those things. So again, you can make it work. It'll probably be as good as before, maybe a little bit better, but also you're soldering pieces of electronics when you really don't know what the impact is on the rest of the board or if over time it's going to overheat, you know, dumb analogy. But basically what I'm saying is, is that <laughs> it's, it's, it's hacky to think about that, you know, to think that we can take the supplements to, to augment our reality. In fact, most of the supplements that I recommend time and time again, are just supplements to get us to that ideal level. I'm not saying that the supplements are going to enhance our lives. I'm saying that they're going to allow us to be the best versions of ourselves. But if we miss them, most of those things won't cause harm. And you know, not getting fish oil in your diet isn't going to kill you, You know that kind of a thing. So I think it comes down to this reductionist approach you know, good, bad, ugly, you know, good fats, bad fats, good carbs, bad carbs. And we try to apply that same logic to the immune system. So let's, let's actually apply that. What does a bad immune system look like? What do you think?
1: I would imagine that, you know, somebody who eats a lot of like fried foods, chips, drinks a lot of soda, that sort of thing, you know, Correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding of cholesterol is the body's response to all that nasty food. So if your body is responding to all that nasty food with like a ton of cholesterol, eventually it's going to clog and harden your arteries and that is going to make you weaker in general. So I would imagine, you know, probably somebody like me or even more obese is at a loss, mm-hmm. Um and then, you know, I guess the obvious ones would be people with, like, AIDS or cancer. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yep, so that's probably that's more where I'm going. Because the stuff you were first describing is that kind of window between where we're supposed to be and where a lot of us are because of the bad lifestyle choices. But even within that bracket, if you're obese, you're not going to get PCP. You're not going to get, like, mucormycosis or some weird... In fungal infection where your, your bone is going to rot out of your face, you oh know, like, God. and that's what happens to people with bad immune systems.
1: What does PCP stand for?
0: Uh, Pneumocystic, uh, hang on a second.
1: Because I know it is angel dust.
0: <laughs> PCP is pneumocyti- uh, uh, pneumocystitis carini pneumonia.
1: That was my second guess. I <laughs> should have said it out loud because I love being right, but. I'm
0: just going to say, yeah, I'm just going to say. <laughs> PCP is a rare type of pneumonia that happens and is caused by a fungus. Okay. And it only shows normally in, in patients with weakened immune systems.
1: Oh. Like
0: truly weak immune systems, not the stuff that you were talking about. The subjectively weak doesn't it doesn't really count. Gotcha. So you're right. There are patients among us that have weak immune systems, and those are people with HIV or cancer or even genetic disorders. Those are the clinically relevant weakened immune systems. If you have those, you get sick severely from practically everything. And this isn't about like getting a couple extra colds a year. This is about getting some rare stuff that most humans shake off because our immune systems are are good. So then on the other side, what does a boosted immune system look like? What do you think that looks like? in layperson's terms, I guess.
1: That I think I know firsthand that when you get like uh, skin disorders mm-hmm. like psoriasis and eczema because yep. your body is working, your immune system is working overtime because mm-hmm. it's not parsing out what's actually bad for you.
0: Right, rheumatoid arthritis. We're talking about Plaquenil, right? Mm. People use Plaquenil to suppress the immune system a little bit and change the, the disease structure. So your immune system can attack your body instead of protecting it you know, the biggest function that the immune system plays is differentiating between outside and inside what's you and what's not you. And Mm -hmm. when your immune system is overactive, that's the part that becomes overactive is the identification. And it just starts picking people out of a lineup that it shouldn't be. And so it starts attacking like your joints, your tissues Um, you know, the idea of um, people with thyroid disorders had those bulging eyes, Marty Feldman, remember from uh, um,
1: Frankenstein.
0: So that's because the immune cells attack the lining behind the eyes and pushes it. It bulges it outwards. So um, so that's what, that's what a boosted, Quote unquote, or an overactive immune system looks like. So, really, what we're talking about then isn't boosting the immune system. What we're talking about is trying to get it to this optimal place. And as you're saying, like, there's a pocket in there. There's the idea of my immune system is working excellent and my immune system is working poor, or more aptly put, my risk factors and stuff are making me sicker, right? That's really what's going on. It's just that you're, you know, well, I mean, you can also, like if you have diabetes, you'll have more circulating glucose. High levels of blood glucose is an immune suppressant. It'll actually suppress parts of your immune system to the point where you have a weakened immune system like those people with HIV or cancer. Wow. Right, and there's drugs that can do that too. Um, there's immunosuppressive drugs, of course, people need to take for whatever reasons, and it can weaken the immune system. So what we're really talking about is this kind of... Um, this just wellness kind of immune system. But one of the things I like to talk about with that, like, okay, so, all right, so we're there. We're in that area. We can't boost our immune system. If we're able to boost it, then we would cause autoimmune diseases and that would be right. bad, right? We can't make something superhuman. I should digress. Um, we can boost our immune system, even though I've said seven <laughs> times that we can't. Um, if you give somebody, well, let me let you guess. Um, so how do you think that we could boost the immune system? Uh, Say elk antlers and I'll punch you. I don't even care if you're a girl.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say B2. B2. Did you get an email about B2? Uh, Yeah,
0: of course I did. I'm sure I did. (laughs)
1: Uh, I don't know. Probably just the usual stuff, the stuff that um, makes you healthy, like don't eat garbage and get exercise and Mm -hmm. get restful sleep, I would imagine.
0: Nope. Wrong on all fronts. No, that's right. And that's the way we support our immune systems and we make our immune systems and our our entire body work better um, and reduce our risks overall. Mm -hmm. But vaccines. Oh, (laughs) my favorite. Yeah, vaccines. Uh, It's a fun thing. It's so weird that it is so uh, controversial. I hate the fact that vaccines are controversial. Um, I think that a vaccine is awesome. It's a weakened or dead version of a virus or a bacteria or lots of them. And you give it to your body and your body gets to build the immune response to make the immune system stronger without the risk of getting sick from the disease. The idea of chickenpox. Yes. Right. Uh, you would just go to your cousin's house if they had chickenpox, so that way you got chickenpox, and everybody would downplay how severe chickenpox is. Why do we need a chickenpox vaccine? Well, seventeen thousand kids a year were dying from chickenpox.
1: Oh wow! I didn't realize <laughs> it was so many. Yeah, it's a lot. Right? I actually didn't realize anyone died from chickenpox. Yeah,
0: it gets really bad. So th- these are preventable dis- deaths and, and sickness. And even if imagine if it was on a spectrum between you know what you normally experience and then these horrible things that these kids experience that's still bad too if it's a severe you know case of it so we want to prevent all of that so we use a vaccine and then nobody has to do it and you know the macho americans are like I I just you know got got it from my cousin and you know we made out and then i got uh, <laughs> And that's very macho, you know. So, uh, (laughs) and not gross at all. (laughs) And not gross at all. And and we and I didn't get chickenpox. So a vaccine is great because it it truly is like it's a software upgrade. If we're going to use the computer analogy, it's going to upgrade your systems without you getting exposed to the horrible, horrible stuff. So the the idea of making your immune system better really comes down to this idea of getting sick is really what it is because you know. There's this fallacy. There's this fallacy that I did this thing and I didn't get sick. So therefore, that thing made my immune system stronger. Mm. Can I talk about that? I want to talk about that, right? So Because I hear this a lot. It's like, oh, I've been taking vitamin C for 25 years and I've gotten sick twice. And I said, you don't have young children. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because it's about exposure, right? Um, I haven't gotten food poisoning in five years. Is it because I've upped my M&M dose? Or is it because I've eaten at a restaurant that either cooks their food well or their chefs actually wash their hands after they go to the bathroom?
1: I really hope it's the latter.
0: <laughs> I hope it's both of those. <laughs> yeah. um, so it really has to do with exposure more than anything. And that's the thing with COVID that's so crazy is that the viral load is high. So mm. um, you know, a 1,000 times the number of uh, – or 1,000 times the viral load of a normal respiratory infection per droplet. And so then you have a doctor that's getting coughed on so it's like within a foot of the person and just this huge dose of this stuff, and that's why the doctors get sick quick and have a very severe case of it is because of this extra exposure of it right to it. Um, so there are two factors when it comes to us getting sick. there's the host factors, yes our immune systems. Do I have a strong immune system? Is it impaired? Is it overactive? Is there something going on? You know, Or is it working as it should because I'm making lots of excellent choices? So that's the first factor. But then the second factor is the bug factors. Are you getting exposed to the pathogen? Are you getting exposed highly enough to cause a disease? And you? have you been exposed to it before? All of those things kind of come up, right? So this idea of, well, I haven't gotten sick and it's because of this thing, That's that's not a good connection to make.
1: You know, so this past year was the first year that I got a flu shot ever Mm -hmm. and I did get the flu. I was one of those, Mm -hmm. but I realized that there's many different flus and who knows if the one that I got was made less severe by getting the shot or maybe I caught a different flu Mm -hmm. and who knows, but I was like, oh, that is some brutal, brutal irony, brutal coincidence, brutal timing because i haven't gotten sick like that since mm-hmm. 2005
0: right and if you were uh i guess a little bit uh curious you would probably go and look for answers and there's all these weirdos on the internet and making youtube videos talking about how the two are related and because you got that you were sicker and all of this other stuff and that's where this whole thing starts and i think you know, controlling that is more important than anything, you know, because that's not true. You know, it's not true.
1: I know I am, I am so pro vaccine. And Mm -hmm. I was like, this, this hurts my soul (laughs) that the year I got a flu shot was the same year that I got it was a flu. It's, you know, it definitely wasn't a cold. I was like praying for death at one point. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's a very unfortunate coincidence, but I would never tell anyone not to get a vaccine or a flu shot, anything like that. It just, you know, well, the, I, the I, since, nerve since we were of, being honest. <laughs> right,
0: of course, yeah. And I mean, the nerve of us, though to think that it's going to be 100% effective. We have this really, really, again, childish almost perspective of how things work. Nothing works right in life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everything doesn't work. Um, you know, your Nintendo used that, the blow in the cartridges in order to get them work, and that was computers. I mean, like nothing works. <laughs> so <laughs> so a flu vaccine, for a number of reasons, won't completely eliminate flu, right? And, yeah. and so vaccines aren't perfect either. Uh, but certainly what isn't, Perfect is getting the flu and dying from it. That's silly, you know? Um, Yeah.
1: Well, just a little, uh, you know, to finish that is my fever did break in less than 12 hours. So I think of it as like if I had not gotten the flu shot, then maybe it would have lasted a few days. Right.
0: So I want to kind of keep going with this concept of boosting my immune system. So the question is, is, well, can I boost my immune system? And I say, of course you can, but no. (laughs) So there are drugs or chemical compounds that will cause a specific part of your immune system to overact or overproduce. So you can take something and it'll increase one or you know, multiple pieces of an immune system. But like a broader general increase of your immune system is really, really rare or impossible, nor would you want it because it would end up hurting things. Now, is that clinically relevant? And that goes back to the idea of what is it that we're trying to do by boosting our immune system? What is the vitamin C trying to do for us? It's trying to make us healthier. So I say, let's get less nebulous, more detailed about what we're trying to accomplish. I'm taking vitamin C because I want to be healthier or I want to not get sick. Well, what does not get sick mean? Does vitamin C help you not get toenail fungus? That's sick, right? So you can go down a long list. Does vitamin C not uh, make you get food poisoning? Does vitamin C not make your hair fall out because of some weird thing, right? So we have a very, very limited list of what we're trying to do. We're just trying to prevent colds or flus, right? Upper respiratory tract infections is what we're trying to stop. So we're not really even trying to boost our immune system. We're just trying not to get colds. That's really what people are doing. You know, and like, think about it. Like, we're you know, the idea of, the, of boosting the immune system is just protecting us from, from illnesses that um, are circulating in the upper, for the upper respiratory tract, because you're not taking vitamin C to stop a stomach bug or anything like that, right? So, and
1: can you, sorry, can you just refresh my memory and maybe some of the listeners as to how vitamin C even fell into this role because, you know, we are like 300 years removed from getting rickets on the high seas. Mm -hmm. And that, to my knowledge, is the only thing that vitamin C definitely Mm -hmm. helps with.
0: There is a longstanding bit of misinformation that I believe was started by the Linus Pauling Institute Mm -hmm. uh, about vitamin C's role in immune health. Mm -hmm. And vitamin C is used a lot by immune cells. There are immune cells that just chew through the stuff But we never get to a point, really, where vitamin C-related deficiency makes our immune system not work correctly. So there's something even deeper that we should look at with this vitamin C thing, okay? Whether or not vitamin C has impacts on the immune system, we can kind of wax poetical about that all day if we wanted to. More importantly, what is the clinically relevant outcome of taking vitamin C? Can I take vitamin C and will it stop me from getting sick? Will it help me live longer? Will it help me feel better? Well, it'll make you help, it'll help you feel better because it has a stimulant effect. And it's normally paired with lots of sugar, whether it's in the capsules or in the emergency or in your orange juice or whatever. So the fluids and the sugar is normally what makes people feel better. It won't make you live longer. If you eat lots of vitamin C rich foods and do other things, it'll probably make you live longer. But taking vitamins we know doesn't help us live longer. So will it help us stop get colds? Well, even in that situation, vitamin C doesn't really help you or I because we don't work outside or we don't we're not marathon runners. The extreme exposure seems to have better results with vitamin C for reduction of colds colds only hmm. right um, but there's a bigger fallacy there it's that vitamin C is natural, and I want to kind of dig into that a little bit so is vitamin C natural, true or false? I just kind of pose the rhetorical question. So you already know what the answer is. And I say it's false. I don't think that, you know, it's natural because think about it. Vitamin C is a a vitamin. It comes from foods. It's found in stuff. We eat it and makes us healthier, but the vitamin C pill that you're taking isn't coming from an orange. It's not coming from acerola cherry. It's coming from corn. Mm -hmm. And that corn is typically grown in China originally when I heard about this Wuhan and all of this stuff, my first thought was we're good because we don't really recommend vitamin C and, that, and that's where it's made like 97% of it comes from China, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we can talk about their farming methods, <laughs> you know, and all the wonderful stuff that's going on with their environment and how that could potentially end up in a vitamin C product. But let's just assume that they're using their process to convert the corn to vitamin C, and then they purify it and it's truly pure. And there's none of that other variable stuff in there, right? So now we have a chemical drum of ascorbic acid, which is technically vitamin C, which is the same ascorbic acid that you would find in fruit, mm-hmm. right? So that, it's a vitamin. We need some, we need it, right? Um, but we don't need a lot of it. We only need about 90 milligrams a day of vitamin C. Hmm. Most people are taking 500. Yeah, The difference between 90 and 500 is a lot. Um, I would almost say it's, it's not a natural dose. I would say that it's a pharmacological dose. I would say that it's, it's factors more than what we would get on a daily basis. So we're now moving from the ter- world natural, where like a f- even the most rich fruit would have 100, 120 milligrams, right? Mm-hmm. We're moving from the natural to the pharmaceutical. Vitamin C is a chemical that comes from a, a harsh process made in a foreign country at a dose that's higher than what we need on a daily basis. So that sounds a lot like what people rail against with, you know, our generics coming from China or generics coming from India. You know, we don't know what's going on and that's what, what we're doing. So the, you know, people are, they just beat me up. You don't like natural products. And I, I, and I'm you love natural products. Exactly. I I absolutely love them. I I think that they're great when they're done. Right. And I just push back because I'm a jerky big mouth. Right. And I'll say to (laughs) someone like your definition of natural is what's incorrect. And it's not the person it's the system. The system has taught us to think that boosting the immune system is something that we can do. And that vitamin C taken from corn from China at a dose five times or more, what we should be getting in a day is natural. Mm. And so does vitamin C make us healthier and vitamin C rich foods will make us healthier, not because of the vitamin C, but because they're healthy foods, they're, they're nutrient dense foods. Right? So I want everybody to redefine what healthier means. Right? So if we make it less nebulous, as we said, then we'll have a clear definition and we'll get into that boosting the immune system. So, you know, the, the idea of, can I boost the immune system? Yes, but no. But do you agree with the concept that you can support your immune system? And that that's kind of like the point, I guess we're talking about the pocket, the the guy that is eating like garbage and the athlete that takes all the supplements and does everything right. And takes strong probiotics, right? That's what, that's what everybody's talking about. When we're talking about this boosting the immune system. right? Right. So of course, I definitely agree with that. I would want everybody to optimize their wellness. I want people to do what they should be doing to make sure everything's functioning as it should, right? But when everybody, you know, because they always go, well, you should be able to support your immune system. I'm like, well, you didn't tell me that you were going to support. You wanted to boost it. You wanted to take <laughs> a silly little product to make your immune system stronger. And that's not how it goes. You can support your immune system. You can make healthy choices. You're going to be healthier, but it's not going to change your immune system function in that it's not going to make it super strong. Um, so the, um, so the big take home and we can move on from this boosting. I want to talk about COVID a little bit more, but the, um, the, the big take home here is that no amount of vitamin C or zinc or echinacea is going to overcome your BMI or your smoking or fried food or not sleeping. So if, You want to support your immune system. You start with a healthy lifestyle choices, right? You then can move to the vital five, the five supplements, or I would say the five nutrients that almost everybody would benefit from. Omega-3 helps reduce inflammation, which is a part of the immune system. Probiotics, support your immune system almost directly by the actions of the microbiome, right? Bone support, vitamin D has a role in the immune health. We have been hearing that vitamin D will help you with COVID, and it won't. It's not going to help you. What does vitamin D do? Well, maintaining normal vitamin D levels means that you'll have less chance of respiratory distress. Let me flip that. That's not true. What it means is, is if you're deficient in vitamin D, you're at higher risk for respiratory distress. If your vitamin D level is normal, you have the normal risk of respiratory distress just like everybody else will, right? That's comforting. Very comforting. Protein. our entire bodies are proteins. Eating lots of uh, proteins is very important. And then sometimes micronutrients. So replacing the things that we're missing um, strictly from our diet, if we have deficiencies, uh, can all help out. So all of those things are the things that we can do to help support our immune system the best. And on top of this, there's the medications, there's the treatments, our immune system won't work if we have diabetes that's uncontrolled. It's going to work worse. So we have to control all of these risks. So when somebody who is slightly overweight is talking to me about, well, I want to take my supplement for boosting my immune system, I'll say it's, it's, it could be part of the whole process, but it's not the, the alpha and the omega, okay? So that's kind of what I wanted to wrap about with this idea of boosting the immune system. But there are some concepts around immunity and covid I wanted to touch on. I want to touch on herd immunity. Mm. Have you heard about this stuff? Of course. Get you a dose of herd immunity.
1: I love herd immunity. (laughs) I love it as much as I love vaccines.
0: (laughs) So the herd immunity is the concept that if most of us have immunity to the disease, the disease won't spread to those without immunity. So it's mostly accomplished by vaccines though. We, you know, we rarely get herd immunity to stuff, you know, uh, unless we have a vaccine and most of us we'll get exposed to it unless we have a horrible plague where everybody dies and we don't have a vaccine for it, you know? Yikes. Um, so 70 to 90% of the population has to have it. And when we talk about herd, herd immunity, there's a few things that, are, that come up and I want to address. So like, okay, so if herd immunity will help, why can't I just go get COVID, get it over, get my antibodies, and then go on with my life?
1: Oh, me, I know, because you could die instead. <laughs>
0: Yeah, (laughs) Uh, there's no treatment. (laughs) Those who get symptomatic get a pretty nasty, nasty infection. They even say that besides the lung damage that we've talked about, there's now heart and kidney damage that seems to be uh, persistent in it. Um, 18 days from diagnosis until death, seven to 10 days after infection, very, very long cycle, higher than normal death rate, 2%, and even more depending on the population. If you're elderly, it's like seven to 10%. um, Very, very deadly. And it seems to be a game of Russian roulette, right? Uh, yeah. You're reading all the stories about healthy people getting it and dying. And then you're reading people, you know, like, Oh, well I'm not elderly and I, I don't have preexisting conditions. So I don't have to worry about it, but that doesn't seem to be the case. And I think the media is doing a good job here. Like bringing that all to light. Here's a story of a 36 year old principal that just died in the Bronx. Right. And yeah. here's a story of this person that died and they were very young. So I think that's good because people need to hear that. So, you know, this is, this is, uh, this is crazy. The idea that uh, people would want to expose themselves to a disease that could potentially kill them <laughs> mm. just to, get to maybe get the antibody, that seems like a really bad bet. And I wouldn't want to go to Vegas with them. So, you know, the whole reason for quarantining is because if we rush out and get sick, our systems get overwhelmed because of the resource intense nature of this whole thing 21 days, ICU, ventilators, all of that stuff. And we have no treatment options. If we had treatment options, I would say, sure. If you had something that you could take that would prevent you from going from the hospital to the ventilator and you would just have a couple of days stay in the hospital. Sure. Why not? That's, that's a decent risk. Go, go for it. If you want to go get, be a tough guy, you know, the point of getting sick though, is to build the immunity to it. And here's the thing about COVID that I wanted to kind of touch on. Um, we don't have answers to questions like, do we even build meaningful antibodies to COVID?
1: Yeah, that's something that I've been hearing a lot is people assume that you are immune to this after you get it. We don't know that yet. We,
0: we have no idea. It could be two months. It could be six months. It could be forever. You know, there are viruses that or viruses and bacteria that we get exposed to and we get permanent antibodies to that specific one. The flu every year changes, it mutates. So we are, and our antibodies don't really last that long for each particular one. So that's why we have to revaccinate every year. Coronavirus, we don't know what it's going to do. We don't know if the antibodies are going to die off. We don't know if we are going to um, have any persistent sort of an effect. So imagine going out, exposing yourself to this, doing a 10 uh, a day tour of the ICU Coming home and thinking, well, at least now I can go to a concert that isn't going to be held anymore, and, <laughs> and I don't have to wear a mask, and then you get sick again from it because you had no persistent antibodies. So that's a, an important thing to remember when we're having this conversation around herd immunity.
1: Okay, so you mentioned earlier a little something about probiotics when you were talking about the Vital 5. Yeah. If somebody is not taking probiotics right now, now's the time to start, yes, no?
0: Okay, so that's, that actually brings up the next point. So first and foremost, what does a probiotic do for our immune health? So there's a lot of different things that a probiotic will do. The biggest thing is like a boxing out. You guys have played basketball out there. You know, like you have to box out your, your, uh, your, uh, you're defending the ball and you have to like push them back away. Yes. I'm
1: very athletic. Can't you tell?
0: (laughs) (laughs) And you, you take up that space and now the, the, um, offense can't take up that space, right? So you box them out. They can't take up that space. And that's essentially what probiotics main function is. Uh, is in the gut. They, they will use up the resources and squeeze out the bad guys. So that way they can't gain a foothold. That's mm-hmm. one of the biggest things it's called competitive exclusion. Right. And then they will also der- and hit those bad guys by squirting bacteria juices at them, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Probiotic <laughs> juice at them. And one of the in- most interesting things about the microbiome, you know, we're about half bacterial cells and we're half human cells. Right, Jessica had said that, Mm -hmm. and the thing that she said that was the the craziest. And actually, um, our geneticist friend, uh, Dr. Chapman, said that the microbiome adds six hundred thousand genes to our total genetic makeup, where we only have twenty five thousand as humans. Yeah, that's crazy. So they're secreting lots of uh, like like receptor signals and stuff like that that actually directly interact with our immune system. So probiotics will definitely help out with our immune health overall, or I should say our microbiome is an important part of our immune system. Mm -hmm. And so using a probiotic is one mechanism to ensure that you have a healthy microbiome among other things. So then this is where everybody's head goes is the idea of, well, should I do something to make my body stronger? And what I'm saying is, is yes, sure. You can take probiotics. That's something that's super solid. I had even recommended take a good mushroom blend because they have direct antiviral activity. They have some other parts of them that will stimulate, um, I guess, in uh, parts of the immune system that are involved with infectious processes, right? So so that, that's a solid choice. You can certainly use those on a regular basis if you want. Elderberry is associated with better outcomes for the flu. It's flu season. So taking a dose of elderberry every day is fine. It's not a problem. You know. When it comes to coronavirus and can I do something and it will change my odds for coronavirus, the answer is flatly no. Flatly no. There is nothing that you can do that will help your odds here. So,
1: to reiterate, sorry to interrupt mm-hmm. you, to reiterate and clarify your main point is that all of this stuff is to fend off other things so that should you get corona, you are as strong as possible to fight it.
0: Oh, uh, sure, I mean, um, but it doesn't seem to matter that's what my main point is with coronavirus and severe infections yeah is it still that doesn't matter you, it doesn't matter yeah. it, like you can have a great healthy immune system, most of us do already. And we um, your odds are going to be the same, whether you are the chip eater or you're the healthy person, because it seems to kind of be, there's no direct correlation. We don't have those. We know that if you have, comorbidities. If you are older, you're going to definitely have a higher fatality rate, more severe symptoms, but it doesn't seem to be really connected. Can you do something today that will make you stronger so that way you can act with impunity? No, there's nothing that you can do. Can you do something that will lower your risks of developing this? No, you cannot. But just like our example of the doctor getting coughed on or me getting the food poisoning, don't go out of your house. <laughs> Put on a mask. Wash your hands. These are the environmental things that you can do. The only things that will definitely work to stop you from getting coronavirus. And so the our our brain says, "Well, can I take these things that help augment my immune system?" The answer is sure. You can do those things they have a clinical advantage. Those things and their impact will be negligible compared to the healthy lifestyle choices we should be making. If you're obese and taking a probiotic, it's going to nudge you a little bit, but it would be really great if you lost weight. If you have diabetes, and you're taking a probiotic, it's going to help you a little bit, but it would be way better if you got rid of your diabetes, you know, especially if you can, if it's a type two diabetes. So that's, that's how we have to kind of think through all of this, this thing. I know our instinct is to say, well, I want to take something to increase my chances, but in this situation, it's a severe, uh, a severe disease that, doesn't really care about any of that stuff that can overwhelm your immune response. So if you want to make the most natural choice, the most natural choice with coronavirus is to stay home is to not expose yourself to it. Don't go to the restaurant where the guy's picking his butt and then making your burritos. (laughs) You don't want to do that. Uh, You'd want to go to the place that's washing their lettuce. So in this situation, the environmental controls is wearing the mask, washing your hands, you know, hand sanitizer, I guess I use just gloves and rubbing alcohol and, and doing all of those things. Now, for everything else, to, to, to try to lower your chance of getting sick, you can do the healthy lifestyle choices. You can do certain supplements that we've mentioned here and because they can have minimal impact on our immune health, right? They're going to have some impact, especially compared to the lifestyle choices, but even then... If you have four young children in the house that are gross like mine, (laughs) you're going to get sick. You're going to be around a high exposure of the virus or bacteria and you're going to get sick. There's nothing that you can do to stop that. So we want to balance our host factors and make sure that we're doing them as best as possible. But that the no BS approach here is to say, Supplements will augment your healthy lifestyle choices. That's it. They're not going to make up for a lack of healthy lifestyle choices. And that's the thesis for today's discussion is that we want to
1: Continue to smoke weed.
0: We want to smoke pot and (laughs) we want to, um, Something about upgrading your RAM. I don't know. There was, <laughs> there was something about that in there too. Yeah, does so that make better sense?
1: It Yeah, it does. So basically you can do whatever you want to fend off other stuff, but nothing you can do against COVID except stay home. Right. That's right. which you just said, but because I made a blanket statement before that was like, not totally correct. I just wanted to make
0: sure that people don't think that you're dumb. The allergy guy <laughs> the, they they might ruined think it that for anyway. you. Yeah. That allergy story last time that, that, that did it for them. The the whole like mumbo jumbo that you were talking about. It's out. <laughs> I stand <laughs> just <kidding>. by it. <laughs> just kidding. All right. So that will conclude our discussion around the immune system. And I think that it's not a semantics game. I want people to understand that too, because a lot of people are like, oh, well, you're just kind of like, it sounds like you're just grasping at straws. And I don't want that to be the situation. So I'm going to just, you know, we, we can't connect dots that seem like they should be connected. So yes, you can support your immune system, but does that mean that you're going to prevent yourself from getting sick? In some rare cases... We know that you can reduce the severity and the duration of a cold. Sure, we can reduce the symptoms of flu, but mostly, no, you're going to get sick if you get exposed to enough bad stuff. It's exposure first and foremost. Vitamin C isn't going to do jack squat if you're an ER doctor or grocery store worker or like a regular Joe and you get coughed on by a COVID patient. So will you survive COVID better if you optimize your life? And in some situations, the healthier you are, the better you do. But I think with this, it's different, man. Proving... You know, all of my previous points a little bit better. There's a lot of really dead, healthy people due to coronavirus. So we we have to take it all together. Don't let the advice of a blogger or an email or whomever, a guy on YouTube, make you think that you'll be okay because you have to understand that there's much more to it than just these silly supplements and silly regimens. So zinc and vitamin C not going to improve anything for COVID, especially if you're not doing all of the stuff that you're supposed to do. So I hope this wasn't like a a negative Neely episode, but (laughs) it kind (laughs) of sounds like it was, Uh, but thanks for listening. Um, And I think we're, We might even have a guest next week. Who knows? Like, uh, Oh my God. Everything's so crazy with everything going on, but check out our YouTube channel because we're going to be putting the coping with COVID stuff up there and that's it. Dana, anything? No, you got to promote any of your show dates. No, I'm just kidding.
1: (laughs) That allergy treatment worked. I stand (laughs) by it. I will say it again and again.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for listening and see you next time.
1: Peace.